Welcome wrestling fans from around the world to In the Ring with Brandy. I'm your host Brandy and on this show we talk about all things wrestling. From AEW to Impact, Ring of Honor, WWE's Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, and New Japan Pro Wrestling. On tonight's show we're going to be covering Raw and SmackDown from 823, 827, 8.30 and 9.3. So let's get this show on the road with Raw for 8.23 and 8.30. Raw for 8.30, of course, started out with Damian Priest welcoming everyone to Monday Night Raw. Now let's fast forward back to what happened. Fast forward back to Raw for 8.23. This is the aftermath of SummerSlam. For those of you who don't know, that time Monday Night Raw opened with Bobby Lashley. MVP, of course, has the mic, and he would like to address what happened at SummerSlam. He says that ba- he starts badmouthing Goldberg and about his son jumping on Bobby Lashley, and his son got what he deserved, yada, yada, yada. He claims that, you know, he angered, you know, him, and he starts talking about Nick Gage, and we know what happened with Nick Gage and everything, and he goes... Look, Bobby Lashley was stronger than Goldberg, and we all know that. Da, 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 da. And he you know, he starts calling Goldberg a coward, and he calls Gage a coward, and he claims that he didn't know that it was the that Bobby Lashley didn't know it was Gage. Of course he didn't, because of course when we saw it, Gage of course did jump on Bobby Lashley's back, and of course he was on his back. So how was Bobby Lashley supposed to know that that was Gage? He had no idea it was Gage Goldberg. Had no clue it was Gage. He said, if anyone thinks that we owe him an apology, you can go to hell, is what MVP says. And after that, here comes Damian Priest. This is why I'm leading up to what happened this week. Damian Priest comes out, and I told you guys how, how Damian Priest feels about bullies. And Bobby Lashley really is, in Damian Priest's mind, a bully. So, we, I love Damian Priest. I gotta give Damian Priest props for props this due. And, yeah, him winning the United States Championship was absolutely incredible. I love it. I think it's fantastic. But he comes out, and he has a mic, and he says, Let me get this straight. You're calling Goldberg a coward because he got injured? Look. I'm going to call you as a seat, an asshole. That's exactly what he says. He doesn't slice it. He doesn't sugarcoat it. Love Damian Priest. Absolutely love it. He goes, look, I want to get a, lash, a match against Lashley. And he calls Dad, calls Bobby Lashley a coward. Ooh, Damian Priest on fire. He's on fire with that United States Championship. Absolutely on fire. And he says, and then they start beating the heck out of each other. I mean, literally, Damian Priest and them are beating the heck out of each other. You know, Priest is beating the heck out of Lashley. Lashley's beating the, beating the heck out of the Damian Priest. They finally get it broke up, and MVP tells him, "Look, you want a match with Bobby Lashley? Okay, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a match with him. Let him go to the back, get changed into his ring gear, and then he's gonna beat the heck out of you." Which leads to Damian Priest versus Bobby Lashley. This is an incredible, now guys, this is not for the WWE Championship, this is a straight up fight. Straight up knockout fight on 823. You know, great thing with the aftermath. Of course, Sheamus interferes in the middle of it, costing a DQ. Damian Priest wins that one. Lashley and Sheamus then attack Damian Priest, and out comes McIntyre. And together they take out Lashley and Sheamus. Fa- 
Fast forward to 8.30. Damian Priest is out there, and he's out there to issue an open challenge for the United States Championship. Of course, first comes out Sheamus, because of what happened last week, Sheamus feels that, you know, hey, and what happened at SummerSlam, I should get the I should get my rematch against Damian Priest. Well, he isn't the only one. Then here comes Drew McIntyre, who seems to think he needs to be in the equation. Then here comes Bobby Lashley after what happened last week. Bobby Lashley thinks I need to get a few knocks in, you know, get a few fights in. Then here comes Riddle. Randy Orton. This open challenge thing is heating up. I'm telling you right now. But I agree with Drew McIntyre on something, and so does Damian Priest. We would love to see Drew McIntyre versus Damian Priest. That would be an incredible match. That's something we haven't seen. It would be amazing. I think it'd be great. And of course, Damian Priest agrees with it. He thinks it'll be fantastic. Well, of course. This is going to be interesting. So, Pierce and Deville come out and make the first match for the United States Championship. Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, and Damian Priest. Ooh, a triple threat match. You know how you guys how I feel about triple threat matches. Doesn't ever favor the champion very well, but it's a damn good match. It really, really is. And Bobby Lashley and MVP decide we want to go against the Red. Riddle kind of puts his mouth, my foot in his mouth and tells him, look, why don't you two guys go against me and Randy for the Raw Tag Team Championships? MVP and Lashley like that idea, so they accept. So later on, we're apparently going to get Riddle versus Riddle and Randy versus Bobby Lashley and MVP for the tag, Raw Tag Team Championships. Well, for some reason, out comes Rhea Ripley. And you're like, what the hell is going on on Monday Night Raw for 8.30? What is happening here? She comes out, and everybody, you know, we figure out, oh, she's coming out because she has a match next. Got it. I see. So we know we're going to get Sheamus versus Damian Priest versus Drew McIntyre later on. And we're off for the United States title. And we're also going to get Bobby Lashley and MVP versus Randy and Riddle for the Raw Tag Team Championships later on. This could get really interesting. So then we go to Rhea Ripley with Nikki Ash in her corner versus Shayna Baszler with Nia Jax in her corner. This is an incredible match. Nia makes it perfectly clear that before the end of this match, she's going to take out everybody, except for, of course, Shayna and Rhea. And then she's going to take out Charlotte and take her title. Nia sticks her money, or tries to put her money where her mouth is, and she might have stuck her own foot in her own mouth trying to go get Charlotte Flair. But I kind of like this because I said, there really isn't anybody that I can think of on the Raw roster that could take on this entitled Charlotte Flair. But Nia Jax, she just might. But this really is a good match. And Nia keeps her word. She takes out Nikki Ash. She literally wipes the floor with Nikki Ash. It is an incredible match. Absolutely incredible. But she also costs Shayna the match. By doing what she did, she costs Shayna the match, giving Rhea Ripley the win. Now Nia, and apparently... Rhea's in there celebrating, and Nia's so happy that she did this that she comes in and she takes out Rhea Ripley as well. Shane is not happy. 
Shayna's not happy that Nia cost her the match, and Shayna walks off. She is mad. I'm telling you guys, tensions are boiling between these two women. They are literally at a boiling breaking point, and it's not looking good for these two women. Now, rewind back to 823, and all this going on with Damian Priest. And I told you guys, of course, Sheamus does interfere, and they do attack. Of course, Damian Priest wins, and Sheamus and Lashley do attack. Damian Priest and Drew comes out to help him and takes it out. Well, we get a tag team match. Damian Priest and Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus and Bobby Lashley. So now we move on, like I said, to the tag team match. Damian Priest and Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus and Bobby Lashley. This I was kind of excited about. I thought this would be an incredible matchup. You get to see something new that you don't get to see normally. I thought it would be amazing, absolutely fantastic. And believe me, guys, it didn't disappoint. It was a great, and it's good to see Drew McIntyre and Damian Priest working together. I kind of liked it, and I was like, ooh, Sheamus and Bobby Lashley. This could get interesting. This could be an interesting tag team. And it was an incredible match. It really was. I was absolutely impressed with it. But Lashley leaves. Sheamus, halfway through the match in the middle of the ring to face Drew and Damian Priest by himself. He literally leaves, Bobby Lashley literally leaves Sheamus in there to get his butt whooped by Damian Priest and Drew McIntyre. And you know what, you, by what I've said, you guys can pretty much figure out what happened on 823. Damian Priest and Drew McIntyre won that match. Sheamus is ticked. You know Sheamus is not Happy. Happy at all. So now we fast forward to 830's Raw, where it is the Viking Raiders versus Jinder Mahal and Veer with Shanky in, uh, at ringside. I'm happy whenever the Viking Raiders, I'm happy to see them back. I absolutely love the Viking Raiders. They are incredible. If you've not seen the Viking Raiders, you need to go check them out. And the fact that they have Veer and Shanky and Jinder kind of steering away from Drew McIntyre and they're trying something different, I like it. I absolutely like it. And this is a really good match. Really, 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 the match really showcases what they can do. Jinder Mahal and Veer and Shanky, you know, Veer, absolutely amazing. You pretty much think, okay, Shanky's going to get involved. Shanky tries to get involved. It's an incredible match, but of course, it does end with the Viking Raiders defeating Jinder Mahal and Veer. It was a great tag team match, guys. Incredible. These tag team matches lately on Raw have been absolutely fantastic. I love that they're actually showcasing other teams and setting up different feuds and stuff that we you know that we're prepared for what comes next. And I really, really actually like it. Now we finally rewind back to 823's Raw. And we all saw what happened. At SummerSlam. Now remember guys, this is the aftermath of SummerSlam for 823. And we saw what happened at SummerSlam with Ava Marie and Dewdrop. And everything the Dewdrop did is absolutely hilarious and absolutely brave of Dewdrop to finally stand up for herself and say she's had enough of Ava Marie's stuff. And, of course, we have an interview with Dewdrop. And she makes her point perfectly clear and lets us know one that she loves her name, Dewdrop, and that she's going to keep it. And two, that she's had enough of Ava Marie, and she is done. Absolutely done with Ava Marie, and she doesn't want to deal with her anymore. Way to go, Dewdrop. Happy to see you stand up for yourself. So, then after that, 
we get Karrion Cross versus Ricochet. This match is an incredible match between two great competitors. I love seeing Ricochet take on Karrion Cross because Karrion Cross has never dealt with a high flying competitor like Ricochet. And it is an incredible match. It really is. Ricochet gives Karrion Cross a run for his money and it is absolutely incredible battle between these two. An incredible match. But of course, it does end with Karrion Cross defeating Ricochet. I love this. I love that WWE is giving Karrion a variety of competitors to kind of dip his toe into your wall. I like it. I absolutely like it. And I'm looking forward to seeing what else they're going to do with Karrion. Now, fast forward to Raw for 8.30. We get the triple threat match for the United States Championship. Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre versus Damian Priest. You guys know how I feel about triple threat matches. They don't fare well for the champion at all. But this triple threat match is absolutely mind-blowing. It is hard to describe just how good this triple threat match between these three guys really is. It is absolutely an incredible triple threat match, especially for the United States Championship. To get to see Drew versus you know, Damian Priest, that's something new, that's something fresh, and I like it, it's incredible, and you put Sheamus into the mix, absolutely amazing, it is a great matchup, great, you know, great, you know, thing to do, great to set this little storyline, it's amazing, it's an amazing match, you guys need to go check it out, of course, Drew McIntyre does do his best, Sheamus does his best, but Damian Priest retains his United States title and shows everybody what Damian Priest is capable of and that no matter what match he's in, he can still go toe-to-toe -to -toe with some of the best. And it's incredible. I absolutely love this match. So then we find out that, of course, like I said, the interview with Dewdrop and Ava Marie kind of took an offense on 823 as what Dewdrop said and she took Dewdrop out. Now we go to 8.30 where we're getting Ava Marie versus Dewdrop. Are WWE really going to actually let Ava actually show what she can do? Are they going to do like they did at SummerSlam? Are they going to make her look like she doesn't know how to wrestle? It's a good match, guys. It really is. It's an absolutely good match. But Dewdrop gets one up on Ava and wins the match. Ava is absolutely in shock. She cannot believe that she just got beat by her protege, Dewdrop. And she claims, I couldn't compete. I couldn't compete. I wasn't ready. Really, Ava? You weren't ready to get your butt whooped by Dewdrop? Are you kidding me? Go to the back and sit down and stop being a whiny little girl and stand up for yourself. Come on. Dewdrop beat you. Deal with it. Don't like it? Tough. Rewind to 823's Raw. Moist TV, guys, with Logan Paul. And, of course, at the beginning, there's no Miz. We're all wondering where Miz is. Why is Miz not out there with Morrison? You know, we're always used to seeing Miz and Morrison together. It's a bit of a shocker not to see Miz. But, of course, Morrison's kissing up to Logan Paul. Y'all, Logan Paul... I have no respect for him. No respect for him whatsoever. Some of you guys may love him. I don't. I don't see him as a positive influencer. I really don't. I have no 
I have more respect for Pat McAfee than I do Logan Paul. And that says a lot coming from me. That says a lot that I have more respect for Pat McAfee than I do Logan Paul. Come on, guys. Logan Paul, really? Really? He's an amateur person who seems to think that he can wrestle and that he can box. Really, boy? You ain't got nothing. And you are not that great. You aren't. But he's on there and he's kissing up to Logan. And, you know, he's getting, Logan Paul's getting booed. And we all know why Logan Paul's getting booed. We all, the WWE Universe agrees, we do not like Logan Paul. And we really don't want to see him. We really don't know why WWE's even brought him there. There's no point. It's pointless. I mean, we understand why Pat McAfee's there. He's a commentary. But, really? Logan Paul? You'd be better off having Pat McAfee up there in the ring with on Moore's TV. Seriously, you really would. But Miz comes out. And Miz was wondering why he wasn't there with Morrison when Morrison comes out. And the fans are really, you know, booing, you know, and making all these, y'all, you, know, you know, making all kinds of noise. And Miz does this famous thing. When my head goes up, your mouth goes shut. We all love Miz. We do. Anything Miz does is absolutely amazing. Whether he's heel, face, we love Miz. We know what Miz can do in a ring, and we love it. We absolutely love it. And he does not understand why Morrison didn't bring him out there. And Miz, of course, is trying to kiss up and blah, blah, blah. And he asks him, you know, in a roundabout way, you know, your brother's going to get knocked out in boxing, isn't he? Talking to Logan Paul. And I would love to see Logan Paul's brother get his butt whooped in boxing. I really would. I would love to see Logan Paul get his butt whooped in a wrestling ring. Since he seems to think that he's better than Miz and that he's better than Morrison. Really? Really, dude? You're not even good as an influencer. So what makes you think you'd be that good in a wrestling ring? You ain't even showed that you've got any skills at all. Why are you even there? Pat McAfee has more skills than you do. Pat McAfee has more in his little pinky finger than you do. But anyway... Logan gets in Miz's face, and it looks like there's about to be a fight when here comes Xavier Woods. <laughs> here comes Xavier Woods in his Skull Hall attire yet again. Gotta love this thing with Xavier Woods and the New Day with Miz and Morrison. I'm absolutely loving this. This is getting really interesting, which leads us to Xavier Woods versus The Miz. We, this match, guys, is a good match. It really is. Morrison, of course, is out there. It is a great match. It is a fantastic match. I love this match. Got to give props to these two. Anything that misses in is absolutely incredible. It is a great match. It really is. And I'm, like I said, I'm loving this feud that they're setting up. I like it. I like it a lot. I really do. I would love to see, you know, Kofi Kingston come out as, you know, Kevin Nash or something like that. I would love it. I would absolutely love it. And it's a really good match between these two. But, of course, Xavier Woods gets one up on Miz again and wins the match. But what happens afterwards is what's the shocker. Something that no one saw coming. No one expected in a million years. Morrison, in the middle of this match, tries to cheat, but it backfires and cost Miz the match. This has happened a lot. Between the two of them. Between Miz trying to cheat. And it backfiring on Morrison. And Morrison trying to cheat. And it backfiring on Miz. This has been happening a lot. And normally it's water under the bridge. They you know. Sh shake hands. Shrug it off. Go, I had better luck next time. You know we'll get lucky. Blah blah blah. Miz has had enough. Miz has had enough of Morrison costing him matches. And Miz makes it perfectly clear. By turning on Morrison. And taking out Morrison. He literally takes him out. Skull crushing finale. Miz 
does what Ms. does best as a heel, takes him out. Shocker. We knew it was coming, but we didn't know when or where and which one was going to turn on who. It was amazing. Absolutely, absolutely a shocking but amazing that we knew. I mean, we all know how Miz is. Miz is just Miz. That's how he is. That's how he's always been. I love Miz. I cannot say enough about how much I love Miz. And to see him do this, I knew it was coming. But I thought it would be the other way around and Morrison turn on Miz. Not Miz turn on Morrison, but I get it. Miz has had enough of Morrison, you know, costing him matches. I get it. I knew this was coming. There we go. But, of course, he took him out. He absolutely just took him out. Going to be interesting to see where WWE goes with this. Going to be interesting to see how they set up this feud between Morrison and Miz and how far this is going to go and how dark it could possibly get between these two. And if Morrison's going to respond to what Miz did when he skull-crushed skull-crushing finale them. Going to be interesting to see what happens. So let's fast forward back to 8.30. And we get, of course, Karrion Cross again in a match against Alberto Carrillo. Mm, see, I told you. They're letting Karrion Cross get a variety of people where he gets to dip his toe into the WWE roster on Raw. And I kind of like that they're giving him somebody different each time. A new challenge, a new thing for Karrion to take on. And I like it. I like that they're doing that. I, it's not the same old, same old with Karrion Cross. And I like it. And it's a good match between him, another high flyer. It's a good match between him and Carrillo. It's an amazing, you know, really showcases what the these two competitors can do. And you know, somebody Carrion's never faced before, so it gives him something, a new challenge. The only problem I have is, is that Scarlet is still not with Carrion. I'm not liking it. I'm not liking where WWE is going with this. I don't like that they're taking Scarlet away from Carrion. I don't like it. A lot of the fans don't like it. There's fans actually chanting in the crowd, where's Scarlet? They're not happy with Scarlet not being there, and I'm not either. I don't know what WWE is doing with Scarlett. I don't know what happened. I can only imagine what Calcarian feels because Carrion and Scarlett have always been together in any promotion they've ever been in since they got together. So to me, it doesn't make any sense for Scarlett to be over in NXT, which is about to fall apart at the seams, and Carrion be on Raw. It makes no sense to me. I'm interested to see what they're going to do with Scarlet and whether they're going to put her back with Carrion or what is going on. We've not even seen Scarlet on either Raw or NXT. So we don't know what is going on with Scarlet. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. But like I said, this was an incredible match. It really was. Carrion of Cross, of course, does win that match, but it was a good match. It was an incredible, incredible match. Now we heard what Nia Jax said earlier. That she was going to destroy everybody, including Rhea Ripley, and she did do that. And that after she's done, she's going after Charlotte Flair. This, I told you guys, would probably be an interesting matchup, and it would be a challenge for Charlotte. It would be an interesting challenge for Charlotte. So we get, on 8.30, Nia Jax versus Charlotte Flair in a non-title match. It is proves to be an amazing fight between these two girls. And Charlotte really does give it all she has. Lays it all out on the table against Nia and really showcases what she can do. But Nia also shows her powerhouse abilities and really shows what she's capable of doing 
and literally destroys Charlotte Flair. Nia Jax wins that match. It was an incredible matchup. It was amazing. It's going to be interesting to see where they go with Charlotte and Nia. I like this. I like that they're giving Charlotte something a little bit more of a competitor that's going to be harder for Charlotte to cheat and win. It's going to be interesting to see what happens between Nia Jax and Charlotte Flair. I like what they're doing. So let's go back. Back to 823's Raw. And, of course, here comes RK-Bro. And Matt Riddle, of course, tries to hug Randy. And Randy, he tells him, no, 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 you're not going to hug me. And he says, look, I'm telling you, that it, do, it doesn't, I don't like surprises. Of course, he told, Matt Riddle told Randy Orton he was going to have a surprise for him and a big celebration for them winning a SummerSlam. And Randy tells him, I don't like surprises. And you know I don't. And he goes, look, I'm asking you not to do anything stupid. And he tells him, look. I like like to do something because I don't. Does it look like I'm going to do something stupid? And Randy just walks off. Randy's like, "Oh no, this can't be good. This just can't be good." I'm interested and curious as to what the surprise is for Randy Orton. And we all know Matt Riddle. He's going to do something stupid. We know he's going to. It's really obvious Matt Riddle is going to do something dumb. It's just a matter of fact of what he's going to do and how he's going to do it. It's going to be interesting to see what the surprise is for Matt Riddle to Randy Orton. I'm going to be interested to see what it is. So then we move on to Gender versus Mansoor. Veer and Shanky are in Gender's corner, and Ali is in Mansoor's corner. I told you guys I'm loving this tag team thing with, with Mansoor and Ali. I'm loving it. I think it's incredible. I love seeing these two together. It's like taking me back to when Seamus and Cesaro were put together as the bar. It was an incredible, it's one you didn't think was going to work, but it turned out to be an amazing tag team. Perfect setup. And I'm seeing the same thing with Mansoor and Ali. I'm loving it. And this is really, really, really a good match. Absolutely a good match. And Ali is really concerned. He really is. But it really is a good match, guys. It's not one that's very disappointing. I liked it. I thought it was incredible. I thought it was a great match. And, of course, like I said, it doesn't disappoint. But Mansoor defeats Jinder Mahal. I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked that Mansoor defeated Jinder Mahal. That was a shocker. I never saw that one coming. I really didn't. I didn't see it coming at all. But it was a good match. I'm telling you, it really was. And Ali's a little set. And he says, look, look, look. You know, we can do this thing your way or we can do it my way. Monster wanted to do it his way and didn't want Ali to get involved or help him out at all. And it actually worked in Monster's favor. And I liked it. But I kind of agree with Ali. You know, if we're going to do this as a tie team, we're going to have to do it the way I, the way that we that both of us agree on that will work, you know, best for us. We have to do this. I told you guys, I'm loving this thing with Monsoor and Ali. I really am, and I'm looking forward to seeing where, where they're going to go and if they might actually face RK-Bro for the title at some point. I think it might be actually interesting. I'm interested to see what's going to happen with Monsoor and Ali. So let's fast forward to, of course... Well, the final, the, you know, this final match, you know, this thing. Almost versus John Morrison. Guys, we knew this was going to be bad. When you put Almost into a ring, you now we all knew that everything that happened with Miz and Morrison. And we were expecting that maybe we would have a few, you know, a fight between Miz and Morrison. There is no Miz. 
We're not quite sure what's going on with Miz. We don't know where Miz is, but there is no Miz. So he gets to face, Morrison gets to face almost. This is a disaster waiting to happen. I'm going to promise you right now on Raw, this is a disaster waiting to happen. It is absolutely a disaster. This match is absolutely, there's no question as who won this match. I don't even have to tell you how disastrous this match was, but almost does defeat Morrison. After the match is over, Xavier Woods comes out again. I told you guys. I told you guys, this is getting interesting involving New Day. What is going on with Xavier Woods? And what is his obsession with Miz and Morrison? I don't know, but I'm loving it. But Xavier comes out. AJ doesn't like him interfering in his stuff. So AJ basically says, look, you and I are going to scrap. So now we have Xavier Woods versus AJ Styles. This could be an interesting matchup. I like it. I absolutely think it could be really good and incredible. And it is. It's a good match, guys. It's an incredible, absolutely incredible match between Xavier Woods and AJ Styles. Let me absolutely, absolutely incredible. But of course, who wins but the phenomenal one, AJ Styles? Who didn't see that happening? Almost won, AJ won. Who didn't see that happening? Maybe they're sending a message to RK Bro that, look, we're coming after, we're getting our rematch for those titles, and we're going to get them back, but we're going to show you what we're going to do along the way before we get to you. It'll be interesting to see what happens. It really is. So now, let's go back. Let's rewind all the way back to H23's Raw. Charlotte Flair comes out, and she's got her mic. And she says, well, 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 what did I tell you? No one compares to the opportunity. She doesn't need the WWE Universe. Charlotte can do it all on her own. Ah, typical Charlotte. Running her mouth thinking she's better than every other woman in that locker room. Really, Charlotte? You are no better than anyone else. You are not the opportunity. You're just a woman who's, they're afraid to lose, so they're going to use you because they don't want to lose you. That's pretty much what it is. You weasel your way into every championship match, and you manage to get the title, so shush your mouth. Be quiet. But she claims she doesn't need the WWE Universe. And she keeps going on about herself. And, you know, we're like, okay, shush, Charlotte. She claims she's here to restore order in the women's division. She's a real woman, long live the queen. And then the surprise comes. Someone we weren't expecting. And I'm telling you, the color from Charlotte's face drains. It drains like you wouldn't believe. Here comes our favorite, favorite person, Little Miss Bliss, with Lily. And she just waves at Charlotte, has Lily wave at Charlotte. Now Charlotte's got a problem. Because not only does she have Nia Jax coming after her title, she's got Alexa Bliss eyeing her. And we all know how deadly Alexa Bliss can be right now, especially with Lily. When you get it on Alexa's radar, it's not pretty for you. It is not pretty for you at all. And she tells her, I just, me and Lily just wanted to say hi. Hi. This is going to be interesting. Now you've got two women who are wanting a shot at Charlotte Flair. You got Nia Jax and you got Alexa Bliss. This could get ugly on both terms. It could get absolutely, Charlotte's in trouble. She's in serious trouble with these two women. 
looking at her. I mean, the irresistible force could absolutely destroy her, and Alexa could do some mind manipulation that could absolutely wipe her out. This is going to be interesting to see which one of these women actually get to face Charlotte Extreme Rules. This is going to be interesting to see what happens and where they're going to go with this storyline with these two ladies. So then we get Nikki Ash and Rhea Ripley versus Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. We've seen this fight before, but it's interesting to see it again and see the difference between these two and see how well, you know, of course, Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax can coexist because they've been having their problems. They've been having their issues. So it's nice to see them back in the tag team picture and see them, you know, actually facing. And they're facing two great competitors, you know, Rhea Ripley and, Rhea Ripley and Nikki Ash. They're facing a great, you know, two great competitors. And it's an amazing match. I'm not going to take away anything, anything from these four women. It's an amazing and an incredible match. I absolutely love this match. I highly recommend you go on and watch this match. It is incredible. Go on your social media and see it. It's a great women's division tag team match, and I love it. I absolutely love it. But, of course, Nikki Ash and Rhea Ripley get one up on Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax, and they win the match. Ooh, shocker. Was not expecting that. Dun, 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 dun. The twist just got interesting. They just one and we saw last week what happened you know, on eight thirty. What ha What happened? You all heard what happened between Shayna and Rhea. So this is interesting. This is an interesting little feud going down between these four ladies. Interesting little feud. And then you got Nia over here wanting to face Charlotte. So the pot. This pot is getting stirred, and it's coming to a boil. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens. It's really going to be interesting. So now we move on back to Raw for 8.30, and we have, ladies and gentlemen, our main event. RK Bro versus MVP and Bobby Lashley for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Of course, AJ Styles and almost they come out because they want to watch the match. This is an incredible match. That is all I am going to say about this match. It is an incredible match that you've seen is believing. It is an incredible match between these four and ring competitors. Riddle impresses me. MVP shocks me. Bobby Lashley never had a doubt on him. Randy Orton never had a doubt on the Viper. This is an incredible match between these four. Absolutely. And when you put the Raw Tag Team titles on the line, it's even more incredible. It is absolutely an incredible match. Absolutely by far. But of course, Riddle and Orton, RK Bro, retain. Lashley then gets mad and spears Riddle. Well, <laughs> Randy Orton ain't letting that settle in. Randy Orton, RK Bro, RKO's. Bobby Lashley. This could get interesting. Could Randy be going after Bobby Lashley's title? Who's going after Lashley's title? The sky's the limit as to what exactly is going to happen involving Bobby Lashley. It's good to see RK Bro retain. It's good to see all that go down. I kind of like it. I absolutely like it. So then we go back, of course, to 823's Raw. And here comes Riddle. He promised, of course, Randy that he had a surprise for him for the RK Bro celebration. And when he's in the ring, what else does he do but something stupid? He has balloons. He has all this. I'm like, oh my goodness. Randy is not going to be happy, nor is he going to be impressed with this. He's got balloons, and he's talking about their ups and downs. And he calls out Randy Orton. And, of course, Randy comes out looking like, what is this? And didn't I tell you not to do anything stupid? 
He literally is looking like, I'm just going to turn around and go back. I, I, I just can't do this. I, I, this isn't me. I don't like this. No. But he makes it down to the ring. And, you know, he, you know, he's down there. And, you know, he's got, you know, Riddle's got his little fireworks and blah, blah, blah. And Randy's soaking in the crowd and loving hearing the crowd. And, you know, he doesn't look. Riddle goes, I got something special for you. Something I told you I had a surprise for you and I had something special for you. And he pulls out this scooter for Randy. A scooter for, for Randy Orton? It's got little tassels and all that. You go, what? And Randy's like, oh, no. No, no, no. I'm not going to come riding down on this scooter with you. This isn't me. No, 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 no. Randy is not impressed. And, of course, who comes to spoil the party but AJ and Almas. Yeah, they've got something to say. They've really got something to say. And they basically tell them, look, you know, we're not happy with what happened and we want our rematch and blah, 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 blah. He goes, I've got a phenomenal forearm to put across your face. We want a match with you, you know, blah, blah, blah. I want a match with Riddle, la, da, 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 da. Of course, he accepts and he says, look, I'll beat you with or without Randy at my side. He goes, because I'm going to beat you with the three most destructive words, R.K. Bro. And literally, Randy's looking at him going, no, you just did not say that. Please tell me you just did not say that. I told you not to do this. And AJ goes, that's fine. So let's do this. And absolutely, we get Randy Orton, or Riddle, with Randy Orton in his corner, versus AJ Styles with almost in his corner. This is an incredible match. Riddle's really showcasing what he can do, and AJ's really showing Riddle what he can do. This is a great matchup. It's a great match. I love it. Absolutely love it. At one point, you know, Almost is trying to cheat. Randy takes out Almost with the scooter that Riddle gave him. It's absolutely incredible. I love it. Riddle, of course, wins that match. Two weeks in a row, guys, Matt Riddle and Randy Orton have gotten to main event Raw. I love it. I absolutely love it. I do. I think it's incredible. I love that they're giving, you know, Riddle this push with Randy. I love that they're letting Randy, you know, host this, you know, in, in Raw. I love it. But it's just a matter of time till Randy turns on Riddle or Riddle turns on Randy. It's just a matter of time. I just don't know when it's going to happen or where it's going to happen. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with RK-Bro and how far this goes. So now, let's move on to SmackDown for 827 and 9-3. So let's start with SmackDown for 827 after SummerSlam. SmackDown starts out with Michael Cole. It's very rare that we see Michael Cole on commentator's desk starting. It always starts out with the superstar. It always does. And Michael Cole has two people with him. Kevin Owens and Corey Graves at commentator's desk. Now we all know Pat McAfee is normally at commentator's desk with, with Michael Cole. We always look forward to seeing Pat McAfee. Every SmackDown, I look forward to seeing what Pat McAfee is going to do. We found out that Pat McAfee is not there. We all know why, but for those of you who don't, Pat McAfee tested positive for COVID-19. So he's not there. And Michael Cole lets us know he's not there because he tested positive for COVID-19. 
2018. Shout out to Michael Cole for standing up to WWE because they've been glossing this thing over saying they're not medically cleared. They're out with an injury. Shout out to Michael Cole for standing up to WWE and saying, no, I'm going to tell the truth. He is out. He is not here because he tested positive for COVID-19 and we wish Pat McAfee a speedy recovery. We hope he returns soon. We miss you, Pat. We love you, Pat. We can't wait for you to come back. Thank you, Michael Cole, for standing up to WWE and telling him, no, you're not going to gloss this over as always injured. Always not, you know, he can't be here because of, you know, a medical injury. No, you're not going to gloss this over. We're going to tell the truth because it's time to stop glossing this over. It's time to let the world, everyone knows what's going on in the world, and it's time to let the world know what's going on within WWE. Stop glossing it over. Shout out to Michael Cole. I love you for doing that. Thank you for standing up. But, after he lets us know what's going on and that Corey Graves is there and Kevin Owens is there to help out Michael Cole with Pat McAfee being out, we get Becky Lynch and she opens SmackDown. Yay! Beck, she's here! And the crowd is literally chanting her name. They're so happy to see her. They're happy to see her being champ. She lets us know how much she missed us. She claims that she'd be more deadlier now than what she was. You know, she says she is sorry for nothing. Typical mind. We knew the mind is never sorry for anything that she does. She never has been. We knew that. And she says, look, I'm not sorry for anything. I'm not sorry for what happened. Bianca Belair can sit back there and whine all she wants. She can cry because I beat her in 26 seconds. I don't care. I'm not sorry. I won. Get over it. Well, Bianca's heard enough and she comes out. D-E-S-T of W-W-E comes out. And she pretty much has a mic and she tells her, look, I'm not here to make excuses. I'm not happy with what happened at SummerSlam. And she goes, and I'm going to invoke my rematch clause. I want a rematch against you for that SmackDown championship. I'm not going to let you beating me in 20 26 seconds settle. Uh-uh, uh, no, 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 that's not happening, I'm not dealing with it, I'm invoking my rematch clause, we're going to fight, and we're going to fight tonight, tonight, well, guess what, Selena Vega begs to differ, and she comes out, she, you know, she's making fun of, you know, Bianca, and she says, if anyone deserves a shot at Becky Lynch, it's me. I've earned that opportunity. I want to face Becky, blah, blah, blah. You know, she wants the match. Well, then Carmella isn't going to let that sit. Oh, my God. Here comes Carmella. Really? Really? Do we have to bring Carmella into this? Seriously? Honestly? Is this what you thought? I mean, really, WWE? Really, Carmella? But out comes Carmella. And she claims, you know, hey, I should be able to face Becky. Uh, step to the side, Bianca. You you had your opportunity. It's my turn. She cheated me out of my match at SummerSlam. Blah, blah, blah. Shut up, Carmella. Sit down. Be quiet. Well, guess what? Liv Morgan isn't hearing it. And Liv Morgan comes out. Yes! Liv Morgan. She comes out and she says she ain't hearing it either. She thinks that, you know, she deserves a shot at Becky. You know, she's earned her opportunities. She needs, you know, she's stepping up and saying, I'm not putting up with this. I want to face her. Look, I don't care. I want a shot. Let me face her. And, of course, Bianca's still waiting for her answer from Becky on a rematch. She's waiting for Becky to answer and Becky looks at her and basically tells Bianca, nah, and walks out of the ring. Rolls out and walks away. Bianca is in shock that Becky just told her, nope, not doing it. 
no, 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 no. Sorry, you don't get your rematch. Sorry, goodbye. Walks off. The girls are fighting amongst themselves about who should face Becky. Who should take on Becky? So guess what? Sonya Deville decides she's going to settle this now. Her and Adam Pearce put up a fatal four-way Eliminators match. Liv Morgan versus Carmella versus Zelina Vega versus Bianca Belair. The winner gets a title shot against Becky Lynch for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Ooh, I like this. I like this because that gives everybody an opportunity to fight for the title. It gives everybody an opportunity. Nobody gets something handed to them like Charlotte Flair does on Raw. I like this. I like this. I like this a lot. And literally, it's a good match. Of course, the very first one to get eliminated is Zelina Vega. Who didn't see that coming? Who did not see Vega getting eliminated? Who didn't see it? So now you've got Carmilla, Bianca Belair, and Liv Morgan in there. And it's an incredible fight between these three ladies. Absolutely incredible. Guess who gets eliminated next? No one other than the WWE's most beautiful woman, Carmella. She gets eliminated. Thank you, WWE, for getting rid of her. She, she had title shot after title shot. Move on. So now there's just Bianca Belair and Liv Morgan. You guys all know who I was rooting for. I was rooting for Liv. I was pulling for Liv to pull that rabbit out of her hat and defeat Bianca Belair. We get Liv Morgan versus Becky Lynch. Ooh, that would be an incredible match. But no, Bianca Belair defeats Liv Morgan. So now Bianca Belair gets her shot at Becky Lynch for the SmackDown Women's Championship. We don't know when. We don't know where. But we know Bianca gets it. So now, let's fast forward to 9-3 SmackDown. This one opens with the Usos. This one, the Usos come out. Of course, Pat McAfee is still not there. Michael Cole lets us know that he is returning next week on SmackDown. Good to hear that, uh, that Matt, Pat McAfee's doing better. Good to hear that he's feeling better. I'm happy. Cannot wait to see Pat return. Cannot wait to see him return. I'm glad that he's feeling better. I really am. Cannot wait to see him. So we get a tag team championship contenders match. The Usos versus the Street Profits. Ooh, this could get interesting. I like this. I absolutely like this. This could get really, really good between them. Uh, you know, we've not gotten to see the Street Profits versus the Usos, and I think this could be a really good match, and it really is. It's an impressive match. It's a great match, guys. It really, really is. Of course, the Street Profits win, but they win by DQ because the Usos try to destroy them with a chair, and they get DQ'd. So... That means the Street Profits, because they won the match, get an opportunity at the Tide SmackDown Tag Team Championships against the Usos at some point down the line. This could get to be an interesting feud. This could get to be a really interesting feud, and I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen. I'm really looking forward to seeing what's going to happen between these two. They literally beat the heck out, each, out of each other in this match, and even after the match, they beat the heck out of each other. This could get absolutely interesting between the Usos and the Street Profits. Could get really interesting. Could we see the Street Profits take the SmackDown Tag Team Championships? Highly possible. Highly possible because I've always said those boys never got their rematch against Dolph Ziggler and Robert Brood. So they deserve a chance to have those titles back. They really do. They never got their contractual rematch. So it'll be interesting to see what's going to happen between them and the Usos. So, again, 
Of course, Roman is watching this match, and he's been watching it the whole time. He's been watching the match between the Usos and Street Profits. And Roman tells Heyman, I need you to bring me my cousins. So, he Paul walks out, and, you know, he's walking, and Caleb Braxton, of course, comes up and tries to interview him, and he scares Paul. Literally scares Paul. Paul jumps out of his skin. Which you can tell, Paul's on edge, and we know why Paul's on edge, because of everything that happened at SummerSlam with Brock Lesnar. He's already on edge. Well, when Paul was coming out before Caleb Braxton caught him, he's talking on the phone to somebody. You see him holding the phone, talking on the phone. Well, he puts the phone down when he's talking to Kayla, and Kayla asks him, you know, questions about Brock Lesnar, questions about, you know, Roman and stuff like that and everything. And all of a sudden, in the middle of this conversation with Kayla, Paul Heyman's phone starts ringing, and it's Brock Lesnar's ringtone. Heyman shuts it off and continues to try to talk to Kayla. The phone rings again, Brock Lesnar's ringtone. Brock Lesnar's entrance music. Heyman finally, Kayla Braxton goes, are you going to answer that? Heyman finally answers it. And he's talking and he's very short, short to I me. Mean, he's beginning, you can tell he's getting cut off. He's getting cut off on the phone and he's basically, you know, personally on the other side of the phone tells him to let Roman know something. Heyman goes, okay, I'll let him know. And that's how the segment ends. What is going on with Paul Heyman? Why is he so jumpy? Why is Brock Lesnar calling Heyman's phone? Who was Heyman talking to when he walked outside the outside of Roman's office? What is going on between Heyman, Lesnar, and Roman Reigns and the Usos? What is going on here? Not quite sure exactly what is going on, but believe me, we're going to find out. Now let's go back to SmackDown for 827. Paul Heyman, again, gets stopped and asks about being asked about Brock Lesnar. And he lets us know, look, he stands with Roman. He stands by Roman Reigns. He stands by his tribal chief. He's, you know, he's loyal to Roman Reigns. He doesn't really care. Him and Brock Lesnar are done. He doesn't really care. And so he tries to get into Roman's locker room and realizes that he's locked out. He can't get in. He's pulling on the door, trying to get it open. He can't figure out what's going on. You know, he's trying to figure this out, and he doesn't understand why he's locked out. He's asked, look, if he knew Brock Lesnar was going to be at SummerSlam, and he tells Caleb Braxton, no, I had no idea. I was as shocked as the rest of you when I saw Brock Lesnar come out. I had no clue that he was going to be there. I was shocked, absolutely shocked. I've not talked to Brock since Brock left WWE. So I had no idea. There was no communication between me and Brock Lesnar. I had no idea he was coming. And we could obviously tell at SummerSlam, Heyman had no clue. The color from his face drained. He looked like he had seen a ghost. He had general, a general, I don't believe this, oh my gosh, look on his face. He had that look just like Roman. He was shocked. He had no clue. And he's like, look, I promise you I had no idea. I had no clue. And, you know, he's like, look, I, I, I had no idea. And he's trying to get in. And he's trying to figure out what's going on. And he can't get into the locker room. And he finds out that the Usos are in the locker room. And the Usos think that Heyman knew. They think that Heyman had planned for Brock Lesnar to show up. And they close the door and leave Heyman outside. Locked outside. Roman's not there yet. Roman has not shown up yet. This segment between Heyman, Lesnar, Roman, and the Usos is getting, the pot's getting thicker. It's getting thicker as to what's happening and what's going on. Did Heyman know? I really don't think Heyman did. 
I think Haman had no clue that Lesnar was going to show up. I don't think him and Haman were even talking. I really don't think they were. I think what we saw, that face that Haman gave that we saw at SummerSlam was genuinely a shocked OMG face. I really believe Haman had no clue. Do I think that Haman might now be conspiring with Brock? Yeah, I think he might. I really think he might, but I don't know. He could be being manipulated by Brock. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what goes down in the Heyman camp. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Well, then we find out that Chad Gable gets to face, with Otis, gets to face Cesaro. What is going on with Otis and Chad Gable? And what is their obsession with Cesaro and all these other people? I am so sick of the Otis-Chad Gable storyline. I am so over it. I am absolutely over it. I just don't understand. I don't. I don't understand. I'm, I'm over it. We all know what's going to happen. We all know he's going to win. Cesaro, of course, does win, but he wins by DQ because Otis gets involved. I'm sick of this. I am absolutely sick of this. And, of course, he gets destroyed by Otis. Who didn't see this coming? I'm sick of the Otis-Chad Gable story. Let's move on. Let's let Cesaro face somebody else. This was absolutely a pointless storyline. I don't even know why you even had him face Chad Gable to begin with. It makes no sense to me. It just really doesn't. So let's fast forward back to Raw or SmackDown 4, 9-3. And guess who comes out again? Here comes the mind, Becky Lynch, again. And she has a mic. And she says, she was interrupted by the entire SmackDown women's roster last week, and she's had enough. She, of course, does praise, you know, Bianca Belair for what she did while she was gone, and she gives her props where props is due, and she says, look, I'm going to honestly tell you, I don't think she, I mean, she says, I was ready for my return. I was absolutely ready for my return. I really was. And she says, look, Bianca was just not ready. She was not prepared. If she was prepared, I wouldn't have beat her in 26 seconds. She wasn't ready for this. She wasn't. She overthought. She got excited. And you can sit back there, Bianca, and cry. Oh, I lost in 26 seconds. Blah, blah, blah. When you're a champ, your head needs to be on a swivel. You need to be prepared for whatever comes your way. No matter what, you need to be ready. And obviously, you were not ready. It was brutally obvious you were not prepared. You got caught up in the moment, and now you're going to cry because you got beaten 26 seconds. You should have been ready. You should have been prepared. Every other person that's been a champ, they have their head on the swivel. They're ready for whatever comes at them. They don't get you know, whiny if they lose. You're starting to sound like Charlotte Flair. You really are. And that doesn't work with Charlotte Flair. So what makes you think it's going to work for you? Really? Really? And she's like, look, you can sit there and cry and whine all you want. But look, you lost. Deal with it. You lost. Get over it. Well, Bianca don't like that. She comes out. And now she's talking about how her title being, you know, stolen from her from Becky in 20 sec 26 seconds. Here she goes, whining again. And then, oh, I'm hurt and I'll admit it. I'll admit that I'm hurt and I'm devastated. OMG. Really, Bianca? Really? Again, you're a champion. Your head should be on a swivel. You should be prepared for whatever happens. No matter what it is, you should be on your A-game and ready. And you weren't. 
Crying about it's not going to get you anywhere. Crying about it's not going to get you your opportunity. It's not going to get you your title by sitting there crying about it. And she says, look, I will never let someone tear me down to make themselves look better. I agree with her. I agree with Bianca. No person, whether you're a man, whether you're a woman, no matter what or who you are, should never let someone tear you down to build themselves back up. I agree. I totally and wholeheartedly agree with Bianca Belair on that. I really do. I believe that wholeheartedly that you should not allow someone to destroy you to make themselves better. You should. Should never, ever let someone do that to you. Ever. And in Bianca Belair's opinion, that's exactly what Becky Lynch did. She tore her down to build herself back up. She really, and Becky doesn't need that. Becky does not need to do that. That's not Becky Lynch. That's not who Becky Lynch is. Becky Lynch is a fighter. But that, I mean, come on. We all expect that from the mind. We know that's how the mind is. That's how she was back then. That's how she is now. She's not changed. She's not changed in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Becky is still Becky. At the end of the day, that's who she is. But I agree with Bianca on the fact that you should never allow someone to tear you down to build themselves up. You should never. Don't ever do that. Don't ever allow someone to do that. I agree with her on that. She goes, look, I want you to do what Roman's doing. I want you to defend your title tonight against me. The same way Roman's defending his title tonight. Put that SmackDown title on the line, just like Roman, and defend your title tonight. Defend it against me. Show me what you've got. And she basically she lays out the challenge to Becky. Let's do this. Let's you do what Roman's doing. You know, be the brave champion and put your title on the line. Becky looks at her and goes, "I don't give a damn what Roman Reigns is doing." No, and walks out. <whistles> Woo! Becky got some fire in her. She a little Spitfire. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. She pretty much puts it plain and simple. I don't care what Roman is doing tonight. I'm not Roman Reigns. I'm not going to do this. No. I love it. I absolutely love the fact that the mind stood up and said, I'm not going to do it. I'm not this person. I'm the mind. I decide when I defend my title and where I defend my title. You don't decide it for me. Plain and simple. I like it. I like my little Spitfire. She's still in there. I like it. Absolutely like it. The redhead has some power. I like it. Bianca did not like that answer. Bianca did not like it at all. She did not like that answer. Well, guess what, Bianca? That's the answer you get. That's the answer you get. Well, of course, Becky's in the back and she's walking away and Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville stop her and tell Becky, look, Bianca won her right to face you. She won it. She won her right. So we're going to let you know right now, you are going to defend the SmackDown Women's Championship, but it won't be tonight. You're going to defend it at Extreme Rules against Bianca Belair. And next week in Madison Square Garden, you're going to have a contract signing for that match with Bianca Belair. Becky's not happy. Becky is not happy because Becky's whole thing is, is she wants to defend it when she's ready. Nothing you can do, Becky. Adam Pierce and Sonya Deville have spoken. There's nothing you can do about it. And Becky walks off. She's not happy. And I know she's not. I know she's not happy. I can see it in her eyes. She's not happy. But she's going to defend that title because that's what the mind does. 
That's exactly what she does. She defends that title when she has to, and she defends it well. You'll be interested to see what happens at Madison Square Garden next week. Yeah, you heard me right, everybody. WWE's SmackDown is in Madison Square Garden. And we all know, every time they're in Madison Square Garden, it's full of surprises. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Well, Rick Boogs comes out, and he has a match. Of course, Shinsuke Nakamura is in his corner with Dolph Ziggler with Robert Roode in his. This is a good match, guys. It really is. It's interesting to see, you know, they've kind of changed it up a little bit with Rick Boogs and Shinsuke, and I like the change up. I really do. And it's a great match. Of course, Rick Boogs does win that match, but it's still a good matchup. It really is, and I highly recommend you guys go check it out. Now, let's rewind back to Raw or to SmackDown for 827. And Baron Corbin shows up, styling and profiling. For those of you who don't know, Baron Corbin, there was a WWE exclusive, took his last $100 when they were in Vegas for SummerSlam and played his play trip, pressed his luck. Well, he pressed his luck in a big way because Baron Corbin went from rags to riches overnight. Baron Corbin comes in with a whole new attitude, styling and profiling. He is absolutely just rich and happy. He's no longer sad, Corbin. He's happy, Corbin. And he comes out, and he's so excited, and he's going on about how all of that he went through and what he learned. He claims that he's, you know, the king of the of Jackpot City, and his wife brought him home, and his kids were happy to see him. And, you know, he wants them, you know, to... Uh, you know, all know to call him Happy Corbin instead of Baron Corbin. Happy Corbin, guys. Happy Corbin. And he calls out Big E. He calls out his opponent from SummerSlam. And he calls out Big E. And, of course, Big E, he does come out. And he tells him, look, I want to thank you for coming out here. And, look, yeah, I know money can buy anything. Money will buy anything. So, I want to buy your money in the bank contract off of you. What do you say? $100. I'll give you $100 for it. Biggie, no, 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 no. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to sell it. Okay, $500. Biggie, no, 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 no. I'm not going to sell my money in the bank contract. I won this. It's mine, Baron Corp. Baron Corp goes, oh, okay. How about $1,000? I'll give you $1,000 for that money in the bank contract. Biggie, no. Biggie thinks about it for a minute. Goes, yeah, I got kids getting ready to go to school. I got all this stuff, but... I'm sorry, no, I'm not going to sell my money in the bank contract. No, 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 I'm just not going to do it. He basically tells him, hell no, he's not going to sell it. And Big E, you know, wants to fight, and Corbin walks off. Corbin wants nothing to do with Big E. He just wants to mess with Big E. He's wanting to toy with me. He's heavy, Corbin. He's not all about fighting. He's all about spending his money. Really, guys, we're back to this Corbin again. Seriously, I think I like the other Corbin. I really do. I think happy to me. You want my opinion on this, and you guys may agree, you guys may disagree, and you give me a shout on social media if you don't. But who's it sound like to you guys? Cameron Grimes. That's who it sounds like. A buttered up Baron Corbin acting like Cameron Grimes. You really, I mean, it works for Cameron. Cameron is absolutely fantastic like this. But Baron Corbin, really? You stole an idea from Cameron? Is that where you're really going with this? You're not Cameron Grimes. You're definitely not Cameron Grimes, and I'm sorry. No, I, I'm not going for this gimmick. I don't like it. It works for Cameron, but it don't work for you. I'm sorry. It's just 
doesn't. It does not work for you. You are not Cameron Grimes. I'm not impressed. Well, we all saw what happened at SummerSlam with Edge and Seth. We all saw Edge literally went to a dark place and defeated Seth Rollins. So now, here's Edge. And, you know, he says, look, yeah, I had to go somewhere that, you know, likely I wouldn't come back from. Someplace dark that I wouldn't come back from. And you want to know something? I liked it. I like that dark place. I like that feeling. I like that feeling I get. I like how it felt. I, I told Seth I was going to do this. I made it perfectly clear. I got it. Yeah, I got it. And now I'm telling you that this is behind me. I'm done with Seth. I'm ready to move on. I want the Universal Championship. I want Roman Reigns one more time for the Universal Championship. That's what I want. And now we flash to Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins look says he says, look, one thing I can say, congratulations to Edge for beating me. Oh, congratulations, you want. I'm gonna say you want congratulations. I ain't ashamed to say it. Look, I'm calling the match. I'm gonna call it the match of the year. That's what I'm gonna call it. I have respect for you. Blah 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 blah. You're gonna see a new Seth Rollins, a new improved Seth Rollins. Blah blah. Really, Seth, we're not stupid. We know dang well you're the architect. You are not gonna change your stripes. You're gonna be the twisted, psychotic, crazy Seth Rollins we all know you to be. But it's going to be interesting to see what you're going to do, what they're going to do with him. It's going to be interesting. And now that the whole thing with Edge and Seth is over, we're interested to see are they going to let Edge have a shot at Roman Reigns for the Universal title? This could get interesting. It really could. It really, really could get interesting. Well, then we fast forward to a third or to nine threes SmackDown. And of course, we get Cesaro. He's out in the ring, and guess who he's facing? An old rival, Seth freaking Rollins. Ooh, I like this. We're we're kindling an old feud. I kind of like that. You know, we're not doing the Edge thing anymore. Let's have him and Seth Rollins fight. I like it, Cesaro and Seth. I like it. It's a good match, guys. It really is. It's a good, you know, a good kindling of an old feud. I like it. It's incredible. It's a really, really good match between these two. I really like it. Of course, Cesaro wins. He beats Seth Rollins. But then Seth doesn't like the fact that he lost. Seth can't. It's a bitter pill to swallow. Bitter, bitter pill to swallow. And Rollins makes it perfectly clear. He's not happy. And he hits Cesaro with a chair. Now he's lost his mind. Here's the dark Seth Rollins we all know and love. The Seth Rollins that used to beat the heck out of us. He called him Cesaro. We knew this was coming. Cesaro ain't going to change your stripes. You're not going to be a better and improved Seth Rollins. You're just not going to be. And the weird thing is, is during the match with him and Cesaro, he was using some of, uh, some of Edge's moves. Ex ex execution. He actually used the, you know, broke the piece off the chair and used, you know, the lock that Edge uses. He used a lot of Edge's moves. He was copying Edge. And I'm like, oh, what is this? Be like me? Come on, Seth, this is not you. You are you. You don't copy Edge. You don't use other people's moves. Granted, you did use the pedigree, but of course, Triple H gave that move to you. What, what, what? This is not you, Seth. You're not Edge. 
You're not Edge Light. You're not Edge 2.0. You're better than this. But like I said, he did use some of Edge's moves in the Cesaro match. And you, if you want to go see it, take a look. You'll see them. You'll see some of those moves that belong to Edge. But he beats the heck out of him with a chair. I mean, he's mad. You know, he's beating the heck out of him. You know, he's trying, you know, he's copying everything that Edge does. Well, he stomps Cesaro once into the map. The refs are trying to get Seth out of there. They're trying to get you know, protect Cesaro. They're doing everything to protect Cesaro because they know Seth is so mad he can end Cesaro's career. They see it coming. They're doing everything they can, but there's no stopping Seth Rollins. There just really isn't. He is just literally destroying Cesaro, and he stomps him. Well, then he goes gets the chair and literally puts Cesaro's head on it. This is a statement to Edge. I really believe it is. I really believe it is because back in 2014, he was going to stomp Edge's head to the Money in the Bank contract briefcase. He was going to do this, but he didn't. And I really believe this is a direct message to Edge that I didn't get the stomp on you, but I'm going to stop Cesaro's head through this chair, and you're going to watch it. You're going to witness what I had planned to do to you. A direct message. Well, guess what? Edge hears the message, and Edge comes out to save Cesaro before Seth does something he's going to regret. Edge comes out swinging for the freaking fences with a chair. He literally swings for the fences at Seth Rollins. He's had enough of Seth's shenanigans. He's done with this. And Edge makes it perfectly clear. I'm done. I'm not dealing with this. We're not going to do this. You know. No, 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 no. Seth lured him out. And Seth's laughing and walking. Never taking his eyes off of Edge and is walking through the crowd around. Just never taking his eyes. And Edge is not taking his eyes off Seth. This is getting ugly. This is getting nasty. When Cesaro is put into this position, this is getting ugly, and this is literally getting nasty. I mean, nasty. When we see Roman, and we heard us all that Paul Heyman had called, you know, called, was told to go get the Usos and bring his cousins to the back, and Roman's talking to his cousins and telling his cousins, look, look, we have a problem here. We have a big problem here, and this needs to be taken care of now. This needs to be dealt with, taken care of. Let's move on. We're the bloodline. We're not dealing with this. Well, while he's talking to them, Paul Heyman comes in and sits down next to him and goes, my tribal chief, we have a problem. We have a serious problem with Brock Lesnar. And Roman goes, I don't have a problem with Brock Lesnar. You don't have a problem with Brock Lesnar. No one has a problem with Brock. Why is Brock Lesnar being even mentioned? We have no problem with Brock Lesnar. You know, what's going on with you? Why are you even mentioning this? And Heyman tells him, Brock Lesnar is going to be at Madison Square Garden next week. Lesnar is going to be, you heard me right, at Madison Square Garden next week where Roman is going to be. I would say... You've got a huge problem. If Lesnar's going to be there, this cannot be good for Heyman. This cannot be good for the bloodline. It's not looking good with Lesnar being at Madison Square Garden. You don't know where Lesnar's going to pop up and when he's going to pop up. You have no idea. This cannot be good. And Roman tells him, look. You know, he says, look, he's been watching the show. And Roman goes, is he watching the show right now? And Paul goes, he must be. Fox is big in Saskatchewan. And Roman goes, how do you know he's in Saskatchewan? He goes, he could be anywhere. I mean, he could be in Massachusetts, Minnesota. I don't know. And he goes, 
How do you know where he is? How do you know he's not here tonight? Got Roman's gears thinking and gears turning. How do you know where Brock is? How do you know where Brock where Brock's watching Raw of SmackDown from? How do you know this, Heyman? You, you want to explain this to me? How you know this all of a sudden? You know what's going on here? Uh, hello, and it's got Roman's gear. You can see Roman's gears clicking. You can see that mind of thinking. Uh oh, something's wrong here. Maybe the Usos might be right. Maybe Heyman is working with Lesnar. What you know? It's got Roman thinking. And Heyman's trying to backpedal. He is literally trying to backpedal. I told you guys, this is getting interesting between the bloodline and Lesnar. Don't know exactly what's going on there, but it's getting interesting. It's getting really, really interesting. <clears throat> so let's rewind. Rewind back to SmackDown 4, 827. And Rick Boogs comes out to introduce Shinsuke Nakamura. Sad because we don't have Paul. We do not have Pat McAfee there. I'm missing Pat McAfee already. Him not being there, I miss him. I absolutely miss him. I'm pretty sure he he misses us too. And I know he's missing Rick Boogs. I know he's because it's always a party. Whenever Rick Boogs comes out, McAfee's having a party, and Michael Cole doesn't know what to think. So then we find out we have a tag team match. Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura versus Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler. It's a good match, guys. It's an incredible, incredible tag team match. It really is. It's absolutely amazing. I love it. I think it's incredible. Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura do win that match, but I'm not going to take away from what Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode did. I'm happy to see Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler back. I really am. I'm happy to see them back. I'm absolutely ecstatic to see that they're still, you know, in WWE, that they're not gone. I'm happy. I'm very happy to see them. But like I said, Shinsuke and Rick Boogs did win, but it was not an easy win. It really wasn't. Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode gave them a run for their money. Well, we see, of course, Sonya Deville in the back, and she's talking on the phone. We don't know who she's talking on the phone to. And guess who's returned? My little resident glow worm, Naomi. I'm so happy to see Naomi back. She's excited to be back because she comes up and tells Sonya, look, I'm back. I'm ready. Let's have a match. You know, what you got in store for me? Sonya Deville blatantly disrespects her. She disrespects Naomi. Now, guys, we all know what's been going on with Naomi. If you don't, go look on social media. I'm not going to go into this. I'm not going to. But what Sonya does is absolutely disrespectful. And what after what's happened in the wrestling world recently, now is not the time to be disrespecting Naomi. It's not. It's really not. I mean, it's not really a good time to be disrespecting her. We all know that TNA lost a very good, good female competitor this week due to mental illness and due to suicide and this is not a good idea to be doing this WWE not a good idea to be doing this to Naomi but of course Sonya Deville does blatantly disrespect her and I don't like it I don't like it at all I, I just don't it's not fair to Naomi she's been gone for a while I missed her we all missed her I don't think it's a good idea and I don't think it's good that they're using Sonya Deville to do it I don't I don't think that that's fair to Naomi, and I don't think that that's fair to Sonya. I really, really don't. I don't. At this point in time, I don't think it's fair. But we get, of course, we find out Dominic Mysterio, of course, is going to be wrestling in a match. Rey Mysterio is not going to help him in the match whatsoever. Rey's trying to get Dominic a little bit of in-ring performance and get him a little bit of, you know, some matches that, you know, will give him a little bit of in-ring experience. That we, I think Dominic's fine. 
I don't think the boy has got any issues. I think he's absolutely incredible in ring performer. I love him. I don't think there's an issue, but apparently Rey Mysterio seems to think there is. I mean, come on. Dominic faced some pretty tough competitors, including Seth Rollins. I think he's done incredible. I don't think that he's getting the credit where the credit's due, but of course, he doesn't. I've got, you know, I've got a match set up for you. You're ready to go. The match, of course, is Dominic Mysterio versus Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn. Really? You put him against Sami Zayn? Okay, I'll kind of, you know, I'll play along. I'll see what this is all about. See if this, guys, this match is not even worth discussing. To me, it's just not. It's it's just not. It's not fair to Dominic. It it really isn't. And to me, it seems like WWE is just trying to sweep the Mysterios under the rug and pretty much just destroy them. Dominic, you know, deserved better than what he got. Sami Zayn, of course, does win that match. Dominic is very upset. Ray tries to explain to him, look, you know, I'm just trying to help you. Dominic walks out on his father. I get it. Dominic's frustrated. I'm frustrated. I don't like it. I don't think it's fair to Dominic as a person. I don't like this. And I don't like, you know, I don't like the fact that WWE is trying to sweep him under the rug. I don't like that they do this to people. They do this all the time, and I don't like it. I don't think it's fair to Dominic to put him against Sami Zayn. I really don't. I really, really don't think it's fair to him, and I don't think, you know, it was fair at all, you know, to to Ray or Dominic. It was a blatant disrespect. Very blatant disrespect. Well, let's fast forward to 9-3 of SmackDown, and of course, Kevin Owens' show is back, and he's going to have Happy Corbin! We all saw what happened last week with Happy Corbin, so we all know when it went down. For those of you who don't, you'll find out here in a little, you'll find out with hopefully with Big E, we know. But he's got Happy Corbin on there. And Corbin's eye, and guess who he brings with him? Oh, here we go again. Logan Paul. Really? Really, WWE? I think I would rather see Pat McAfee. Really, I think I would. I'm sick of this Logan Paul thing. I'm done with it. A lot of you may disagree. And if you do, give me a shout out on social media. But I'm done with the Logan Paul story. I really am. But Logan Paul comes out. Kevin obviously is not happy that Logan Paul is there. And he lets him know so that he's not happy. Kev, you know, Corbin claims, hey, he's a friend of mine. You can be friends with him too. And Kevin's like, no, nope, he's just not happy. He goes, you brought him here. I didn't. You know, he tries to bribe Kevin. Kevin's not interested. Kevin tells him, look, you know, you know, I've had this. Get out of my ring. Leave WWE. You don't belong here, Logan Paul. Go away. I'm done with you. Let's move on. Blah, blah, blah. But, of course, they beat the heck out of Kevin. Logan Paul and Baron Corbin beat the heck out of Kevin. And to me, this is a blatant disrespect to Kevin Owens. It really, really is. I don't like it. I'm not happy with it. But it's a blatant disrespect to, Barry, to Kevin Owens. I don't like Logan Paul. I've said it a thousand times. I'll shout it from the rooftops. I don't like Logan Paul. I'm not interested in anything that Logan Paul is selling. I don't like him. He's a wannabe influencer who seems to think that he's all that. Sorry, Pat McAfee's better than you. That's how I feel about it, Logan Paul. I like Pat McAfee better. And that says a lot. Coming from me, that says a lot. Pat McAfee is more entertaining than you. I really just believe that you know, he just needs to go away. He's not bad, Bunny. Let's move on. I'm sick of the Logan Paul story. Let's move on. 
Well, I told you guys what happened last week with Dominic Mysterio. And again, we get Dominic Mysterio versus Sami Zayn. And again, it's a crappy match and it's a beatdown match. And Sami Zayn, of course, wins again. I told you guys, I just don't like this with Sami's with Dominic Mysterio. I don't like the way that WWE is doing him and Ray. I see what's coming. The writing's on the wall. I don't like it. I just plain and simple don't like this. And them using Sami Zayn to do it, I just, I have a problem with it. I really do. Again, Naomi is there. Again, Naomi is disrespected by Sonya Deville. I don't like that one either. I don't know what WWE is doing, but Nick Khan needs to knock it the hell off. Because it's really pissing me off. You're really making me mad. And you're really making me dislike you. You're already destroying my NXT. So what's next? Now you're destroying Raw and SmackDown? You're disrespecting veterans? I have a problem with this. Dominic Mysterio is a great in-ring competitor. Naomi is a great in-ring competitor. You need to stop disrespecting these people. And start recognizing them for the talent that they have. That's how I feel about it. Recognize the good talent and stop bringing in these 25 year olds that have no in ring experience whatsoever, that don't have any respect for veterans, and don't need to be there. Give respect to those who paved the way for the ones you're bringing in now. Come on, get real. Give respect to Naomi and Dominic Mysterio and Rey Mysterio, please. Because you're making me not like you at all, Nick Khan. You're making me not like you at at all. You've already did, you're already going to destroy my NXT. At least leave my in-ring competitors like Naomi, Ray, and Dominic alone. Please. Some of you may disagree. But that's how I feel about it. So let's go back to and this is gonna set up for 9-3's main event for well, for SmackDown. The bloodline comes out. Roman, Jay, Jimmy, and Paul Heyman. They're having a family celebration in the middle of the ring. And it begins with Roman looking a lot like his mind is not on the celebration and he's not happy. His mind is on what happened at SummerSlam when Brock Lesnar made his return and stood face-to-face -face with Roman Reigns and scared the living daylights out of poor Paul Heyman. That's what his mind looks like. He looks like he is not happy with what WWE just did. And I don't blame him. I don't blame Roman one bit. But he has a mic. And he can't say it. He can't say how he feels. He tells Paul, look, tell the coward to acknowledge Roman Reigns. He also wants the fans to acknowledge the Usos as the champions. Roman can't even speak. He's at a loss for words, and I get it. Because of what WWE has done, I get it. I think Roman has had enough. I think he's frustrated. I think he's tired. He's done. He doesn't want to deal with it. Well, he does not get the answer he expected, because guess what? Who comes out? Yes, Finn Balor, guys. Balor comes out. Yes, finally. Finally, we're going to get what we should have gotten at SummerSlam. Finn is coming out to Roman Reigns. And he's going to stand toe-to-toe -to -toe and make it perfectly clear where he stands. And he comes out. 
And he basically lets him know, look, I got screwed out of this match, and you know I got screwed out of this match at SummerSlam by John Cena. You know this. You know this without a shadow of a doubt. The whole WWE Universe knows. I got screwed. I agree with you, Finn. You got completely and absolutely screwed out of your match at SummerSlam. It should have been you. He goes, look, I want to challenge you, Roman. I want next week on SmackDown, Finn Balor versus Roman Reigns for the Universal Ta Championship. Roman, Finn attacks Roman. Out of nowhere, Roman never saw it freaking coming. Finn just goes at him, literally beating Roman. Never saw this one coming, never even imagined it. And he is taking him out. Well, guess what? The Usos have said, oh, no, 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 we're not going to have this, and they attack Finn. Well, guess what? The Street Profits go, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Sorry, we want the smoke. And they come out, and they attack the Usos. Roman gets the heck out of the ring. He really, literally, literally realizes, I've got a problem here. Brock isn't my problem. Finn Balor is my problem, and I've got a big problem here. I'm getting out. He doesn't even give Finn an answer. He just rolls out. Literally, Finn and the Street Profits take out the Usos. They destroy them. They make it perfectly clear we're not taking this lion down. The Bloodline's not going to bully SmackDown. We're not doing this. We're not taking this. We ain't having it. And they take out the Usos. Will Roman accept Finn Balor's challenge next week on SmackDown for the Universal Championship? Well, here's your answer. The main event of SmackDown for 9-3 Universal Championship match. Finn Balor versus Roman Reigns. We got our answer. We're finally going to get the match we were screwed out of at SummerSlam. And it's going to be a good one. We know it is. But the Usos attack Finn before the match even gets started. They come out of nowhere and attack Finn Balor, throwing him into the steel steps. They literally just demolish Finn Balor. Well, guess what? Again, we want the smoke. Ain't having it. They come out and they chase the Usos out of the ring, away from Finn. Out they go. Well, Finn's in the ring. Medical team's with him. They're trying to figure out if he's okay. Guess who comes out? Roman Reigns. Who didn't see the opportune moment to strike is after his Uso brothers, had, you know, his cousins had attacked Finn. Perfect time to take out Finn Balor. Now we're not going to get a fair match. Roman comes out. He's standing in the ring with Heyman. And, you know, he's, you know, he's, you know, you can tell that he's heads on swivel, looking, wondering, is Lesnar here? Am I going to see Lesnar? The medical team's trying to figure out if Finn can handle it. Can Finn continue with this match? Is he okay? Finn tells him, yes, I want to do this match. All right, here we go. We're going to get a somewhat even match. Somewhat. Guys, this is an incredible match. Many, many times I have said I always have the outcome figured out before the match even gets started. This time, this one had me on my toes and had me on the edge of my freaking seat. It was absolutely what it should have been at SummerSlam. An incredible fight between Roman Reigns and Finn Balor. Even with Balor injured, he still had me believing that he had Roman. And he did. Coup de grace. Sling Blade, he literally gave Roman the run for his money. He did not make this easy for Roman. He really showcased 
what he could do. And I was proud of Finn. I was proud of everything Finn did. Finn really gave Roman what Roman deserved. A fight. And it was a good one. It was an absolute... You guys need to go check this match out. It is incredible. You will be on the edge of your seat. Hanging on every move. Every moment. It is absolutely incredible. It is an incredible match. Of course... Roman did win that match. He still retained his universal title. But what happened afterwards is what I want to talk about. It's what I want to get. I told you guys, Roman has his head on a swivel concerned about Brock Lesnar. He was afraid Lesnar was there. Lesnar was not there, guys. Lesnar didn't show up. But Roman got to see something that he should may have not. And all the WWE Universe is buzzing about this. And so am I. And I know as the minute I tell you guys, so are you going to be buzzing. Finn is laying in the middle of the ring after a defeat by Roman Reigns. Roman is walking up the ramp with Paul Heyman with his mind focused on the fact that Lesnar's going to be at Madison Square Garden next week. As he's walking up the entrance ramp, the lights in the whole arena, you hear, the heartbeat and the lights go red. For just a second, they go red. And then they go back. For those of you, I know some of y'all right now that are listening going, Oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. You're with me. You're on the same page as me. For those of you who aren't, red lights and a heartbeat is a signature telltale sign of the demon Finn Balor. Could we see this? Is this happening? Is Finn shifting back to the demon? Could we see the demon king make his return to SmackDown and go after Roman Reigns and possibly Brock Lesnar? Brock Lesnar's never faced the demon. He's never dealt with the demon. Roman's never dealt with the demon. This could get Interesting. The implications could be catastrophic. They could be absolutely interesting. Go back and watch this, guys. Go look on your social media. It is a buzz. When we heard that bump, bump, and those lights turned red, the arena exploded. We knew what this was. We knew what this meant. We knew that the demon had made his presence known. We knew it. Roman had no idea. We know this isn't Lesnar's sign. We know this isn't anyone else's sign. A heartbeat and red lights are the Demon King's signature. They are a signature. They are a signal that the Demon King has just entered the building. Could we see Finn Balor next week in Madison Square Garden come out as the Demon King? Could we see it? Is it possible? Could our hopes, we've been hanging on waiting to see when he returned, if he was going to come back as the Demon King, could we finally see it? Could it actually happen? We all know the only person that has ever faced Finn Balor as the Demon King for a title has been Seth Rollins, and he lost. He lost. Anybody that's ever faced the Demon King, from AJ Styles to everyone, who has ever faced him, has had a very hard time because it's a different Finn Balor. This is not the prince. This is a different person. He does like Edge. He goes to that dark place. And when he goes there, it's a different competitor. You're dealing with a whole different set of play, a whole different playbook. Going to be interesting to see if we see the Demon King next week on 
SmackDown at Madison Square Garden. Like I told you guys, at Madison Square Garden, the sky's the limit as to what can happen. You never know. You never know who's going to show up. You never know what's going to happen. I'm excited to see if this truly is what I think it is. And what everyone else, from David Mincer to you know, Pat McAfee, who thinks that this could actually be the Demon King. Could we see him? going to be interesting to see what happens next week on SmackDown at Madison Square Garden. And Pat McAfee will be back. So it's going to be fun. So we're going to have to wait and see. You guys are going to have to wait and see. I will have coverage on it. In two, remember, guys, it's in two weeks. I will have coverage on it. You won't miss a thing, I promise. You will know in two weeks whether we see the Demon King or not. I want to thank you guys again so much for listening. Because without you guys, like I said, there would be no me. There would be no me at all. So I deeply and absolutely want to thank you guys so much. You guys are absolutely amazing. You're incredible. I love it. Tell your friends. Get on there. Spread the word about this podcast. If any of you have wrestling fans who are huge fans and want it, you know, like I told you guys, I don't just give you what happens at matches. I give you surprise things, surprise rumors, surprise gossip. So don't miss out. Tell your friends. Get them listening to In the Ring with Brandy. Let's spread the word. Let's get this message out. Check out my podcast, guys. Again, remember, Anything you guys want to talk about, doesn't matter what it is wrestling-wise, doesn't have to be WWE, it can be any promotion or anything you want to talk, rumor, anything you want to talk about, get on my social media, follow me on my social media, and tell me what you think, because I love hearing you guys' ideas. Remember, it's my Facebook, on my Twitter, at Wrestling Nights, Nights Ending with a Z, and my Instagram at In the Ring with Brandy. And guys, don't forget, in two weeks, we get we again we'll be on this thing. We'll be finding out does the Demon King show up at SmackDown? You know what's gonna happen between Alexa Bliss and Charlotte Flair and Nia Jax. I'll have all that scoop for you and I may even have a couple little surprises and a few rumors. You never know. You don't know what's gonna happen. So guys, tune in in two weeks and we'll see you next time again. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time with more in the ring action. Have a great night.